0: Are you enjoying extravagant worship? I said, are you enjoying extravagant worship? Today, I want us to step a little back and reconsider what worship is. Because you can never go into extravagance when you don't know how to do it. Are you you getting what I'm saying? If you don't know how to do it, or how to go into worship, then you will not be able to worship God extravagantly. Hallelujah. They say that when the use of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable, isn't it? So, everything has its use. Worship has its use. And we need to know how to worship God in spirit and in truth. We read in John chapter 4, That God God is a spirit, and they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. And Jesus said that the Lord God seeks such people to worship him. Amen. So I want us to go back to where worship starts, or where worship started, and see how God wants us to worship him. As against how we are worship, how we worship, so that we'll know how to worship him right. Amen. Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. We're going to read from 31 through to 35. What is your worship worth? Or how worthy is your worship? If you are looking for a title for today. Amen. Exodus thirty thirty one. 31, the Bible says, And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. It shall not be poured on man's flesh, nor shall you make any other like it according to its composition. It is holy, and it shall be holy to you. Whoever compounds any like it or whoever puts any of it on an outsider shall be cut off from his people. The Lord said to Moses, take sweet spices, start, and is it Onicha? Sounds like Onicha. And Gal- galbanum." and pure frankincense. With these sweet spices, there shall be equal amounts of each. You shall make of these an incense, a compound according to the act of the perfumer, salted, pure, and holy. Here ends the reading of his holy word. You know, God is not... God is very meticulous and he's saying that the the object or the, the what you're going to use to worship me, I am going to show you how to, you're going to do it. this is going to be a compound that is going to be used just for the purpose that I want it used, not for anything else. it is supposed to be used just to worship me amen and you shall you shall make it you shall not put it on another man's flesh. You shall not put it on anything. You, this compound must be used just the way I want it. Sweet spices, that is what you're going to use. Stats, Onicha, carbonum pure frankincense. These spices, you have to take each one, same measure, mix it together according to the perfumers um, recipe and you're going to put it together to worship me. Amen. The word worship the word worship comes from two words. Worship itself comes from two words. And that is worthy, worthy. Somebody say worthy. And ship. So, is it worth your effort? God is worth our worship. He's worth our praise. He's worthy to receive all our praise. So when we come to worship God, we are coming to give him what is due him. What he's worthy of. It is like when, when I am I, selling, um, what do you call it? This phone. I'm selling this phone. And I say to you that this phone, assuming I, made, I manufactured this phone, and I come to you and I say, I'm selling this phone for 100 pounds. And then you say to me, I'm going to give you 10 pounds for it. How many of you would think that is an insult to me? It's an insult because I have quantified my time. I have quantified the the, the resources, the materials that I've used. I have quantified, you know, the the, the, uh, opportunity cost. I could have made something else apart from this. I could have made a laptop. I could have made a, 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 what do you call it, an iPad, but I chose to make this. So, all the time that I put in, I have decided this thing is worth 100 pounds. And I come to the market and I put it for 100 pounds, sell it for 100 pounds. And you come to me and you say, No, I am going to give you 10 pounds or I'm going to give you 20 pounds. Immediately, I feel insulted. Why? Because you have not valued my time. You have not valued me. And you have not valued the material or the the product that I have have offered to you. The quality of the product I have given you. You haven't valued it. Are you with me? So when we come to the presence of God and we are giving what he's worthy of. And we are doing it anyhow. It's an insult to him. Because we have not valued him. We have not valued what he's worthy of. We have not valued what he has given us. Today, uh, 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 Elder Joe was telling us, as was leading prayer, he was telling us that it is not the, the big things that you must. He, Elder Joe was telling us that it is not the big things that we should focus on but we should focus on the fact that we have breath. We should focus on the fact that we are not on oxygen. We should focus on the fact that we are not dead. We we are supposed to focus on the fact that we started the week with many people who are not alive today. I saw uh, on the news, I don't know whether any of you saw it, there are dark trenches and they were dumping bodies in Ukraine. I don't know whether you saw it there were two people, and their bodies piled up. And the tractor, the, whatever, the digger had dug like a little, like a big little gutter-like thing. And two people, they were all in body bags. So they would take two, then they would throw it. So they will throw the body, and then it fall into the ground. Then they throw another body, then it fall into the ground, then it throw another body. And one of the bodies, when they threw, the bag split open. So there was a, a, all I saw was a jeans, trousers, and the trainers. That is how I saw there was human beings in the body bag that was being thrown there. You are not part of those people. These people didn't plan to be dead. They didn't plan to ha- receive a, 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 such a disgraceful burial. Somebody decided that they are wet dying. So he killed them. Hallelujah. But you and I are alive. So if we come to the house of God and we cannot bring ourselves to worship him, it means what he has given us, we don't value it. Then what uh, Elder Joe was saying is right, that because he hasn't given the big things, the car, the house, the big job, and the big wife, and the big children, and all those things <laughs> Because he hasn't given all, us all those things that we think are worthy of our worship, we don't think he has done much for us. So our worship is inferior. Our worship is labored. Our worship is like a bother. You see, I rather you don't buy what I'm selling, than to come and offer me something that is insulting. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If I am somebody who has, who has let's say I've gone to, the, the, to hunt for a game and I've brought a game to the market to sell and I decide that this thing, for the amount of effort I put in to kill this animal, I need maybe 100 pounds for it. And you say, you give me five pounds. I consider that as, a, as an insult. It would have been better if you hadn't come to me at all. Hallelujah. So sometimes our worship, the way God sees it, is an offense to him. It would have been better if we hadn't come to him at all with what we came to him with. Am I I'm not making sense? So David, King David decided to teach us how we should worship in Psalm 96. Look at Psalm 96 with me. King David decides to teach us how God ought to be worshipped. Psalm 96 verse 1. He says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Somebody say, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. So, God expects our worship to be fresh. Somebody say, fresh. How many know now that a new song is fresh? So if we come to the the house of God, every time we are singing the same old still song. We are singing the same old, the same old, because we don't have any imagination, any invention, then we are not worth ship. We are not bringing something that is worth. Do you understand? Because... a a, a worshiper is teaching us how to worship. And he said that when you come to his presence, bring to the Lord what? A new song. So part of our worship must be, you see the the, the still oil stinks. How many know that? When the oil is uh, like perfume that has been used over two days stinks. It was fresh and sweet smelling. Am I making sense? But as it's been, days have passed on, it has grown grown stale. And it needs to, you need to use fresh oil, isn't it? You need to have a fresh mixture for it to smell good. Amen. So, when you come to God, you must be imaginative. We must come with new songs. Hallelujah. That's how come all the, the worshipers keep bringing out new songs for us to sing. How many understand that? Some are still songs. But some people are still singing the same old songs. They have only five songs or ten songs and that's all they sing. It is not a new song. It is predictable. It is not fresh. With few words. Because we don't think God is worth our time to take time out to study a new song, put a new song together, to come and sing a new song to the Lord. Number two, go to the next verse. Verse two. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day amen he's saying that go go back we're doing verse by verse take your time sing to the lord bless his name the song that we sing must bless the name of the of lord which means that there are some songs we sing and we think it's worship it's not I'm going to stand and praise him. It doesn't matter what comes my way. Where in the song does it bless the Lord? On the mountain, in the valley, on the land, and in the sea. The Lord is my portion in the land of the living, We're jumping up at That Lord is good. The object of our worship must be in our song. He is the one we are worshipping. Do you understand? We don't have to talk about how good we feel about him. That's not worship. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If, if it comes, praise is different from worship. If it's worship, he is the object of our worship. Are you with me? What, 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 two things. Worship does two things. Worship is vertical and horizontal. Do you understand that? Worship is what? Vertical and it's also horizontal. What do I mean by vertical and horizontal? Very simple. First thing about worship is that we are giving him praise, we are giving him adoration, we are giving him honor, we are telling him how great he is. And the horizontal is also, worship is also a testimony. To others of how good our God is. Am I making sense? So when somebody is, so when somebody comes and doesn't know God and he hears how you are praising God, it becomes some, a, a, a gospel for the person. Does that make sense? It, it becomes something that, who is this God that you guys worship so dearly? Can you show me this God? so that I can also worship him. Remember when uh, the, the, the people went, they came, the, uh, what do you call it, elders? Uh, what's, what are they called? The wise men. The wise men came to Herod and said that we have seen a star. So we have come to worship him, isn't it? And he said that, ah, if you have seen a star of a baby and you want to worship then I need to go and find him and bring me so that I can also worship. Not that he really wanted to worship. By, by, are you getting what I'm saying? But that is what it's supposed to be. When somebody worships, it's supposed to be attractive. To attract you to also come and worship. So it is two things. You are worshiping God for him. And you are telling others who your God is and what he has done. So he says, I sing to the Lord. Bless his name. And then he goes to proclaim the news of his salvation. Proclaim the news of his salvation to others so that others will also know how good our God is. Am I making sense? So it is not just uh, us worshipping God, but it's also telling others. So when people come and they watch you lazily worshipping. It doesn't become attractive. Remember on Sunday, we saw how David was leaping and welling with a lot of with his might. It's attractive. He made the maidservants servants and the young men also join to leap and well around. And that made Mikhail jealous. Hallelujah. C- can you understand that? Because worship, true worship is attractive. When somebody is worshipping God in a truth and a true and a living way, it makes you also want to. It makes you want to know who that God is and also want you to worship him. Amen. Verse 3. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all the people. When we are worshipping, we are declaring his glory to the nations. We are telling them how wonderful. It's like when you go to the stadium. And what's their name? The, 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 the supporters are singing. They normally sing about names of players. Isn't it? They have different songs for different players. And as they sing for those players, it's telling the opposition that come and see how good our players are. Am I making sense? And it makes... It, 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 it really... Encourages the players to play better. Are you with me? So when we declare His worship, the nations who are who don't know God are are watching, and it makes them envious of our God, and it also makes our God rise up and do more than He would have done for us. Am I making sense? Number four. For great is For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. How many know that our God is great? And how many know that there are other gods? So sometimes, even in the house of God, there are other gods we worship. We'll talk about it in a little while. We come to worship other gods. They are small g, but they are also part of the things we worship in the house of God. But the Lord is great. Somebody said, the Lord is great. And because he's great, He is great, greatly to be praised. Because he's great. He is to be feared among all the, above all the other gods. Sometimes we don't fear God. That is how come we don't worship him the way we ought to. We fear that people and other things, but not the God of our worship. Verse 5. Are you learning something? For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. There are idols in the house of God that we worship. I, I wonder, we'll look at some of these idols that we worship. How many want to see the idols? Huh? But let's read on. We are going to verse 9. So let's read on. Then I'll come back to show you the idols. Verse number 5. 6. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Amen. So in the presence of God, strength and beauty has to come. Do you know that in the, uh, what do you call it? Voodoo worship. How many know this voodoo worship? The voodoo worship, the power of the small g is teased out by the dance of the priestess or the priest. How many know what I'm talking about? They will dance, they will, they will do some gem, the magic, they will do some things and as they are they're invoking the powers that the, whatever small god they have has. And the more they do it, The more the power comes. Are you getting what I'm saying? The beauty of our God and the might of our God is in a sanctuary, it is in the sanctuary of the place where God is being praised. So we say, let God inhabit the praises of his people. His strength is made, is multiplied in a place of praise. Am I making sense? The, the, the strength of God is multiplied in the place of praise. In the same way, the, the, the praise of a football team or the strength of a football team is multiplied in a, praise, in a place where they are being chanted. Are you with me? When the, team is quiet, when the supporters are quiet and they look stressed and they don't look very uh, interested, the players don't play well. Isn't that right? When you have athletes who are about to run and they are not, their names are not being chanted and they are not being praised, they don't run well. Are you with me? You have uh, what's the name? Um, uh, what's the guy called again? Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt is, ch- is ch- his name is chanted everywhere in the world. So anywhere he goes, he gets more adulation than the other athletes he's running with. So, it's not an accident that he does better because human beings as we are, we are psyched by praise. Because we are made in the image of God. God is also psyched by praise and worship. Am I making sense? So, honor and majesty are before him strength and beauty are in the sanctuary. Verse 7. Give to the Lord all families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. We, as weak as we are, how can we give God glory and strength? How can we give God strength? By worship. The people who are singing Usain Bolt's name, they cannot run. But the more they chant his name, the more they inject strength into the man's legs, and the better and the faster he runs. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, as feeble as we are, the more we worship God, the more we inject strength into him to manifest in our midst. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his court. When you are coming, come with an offering of praise and worship, which means that you have to be very, very deliberate When you are coming to the sanctuary, you have to come with. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Are you getting that? I am coming. I have prepared. When the music fades and all is stripped away. And I simply come longing just to bring something. So I am longing just to bring what? Something that is of worth. Something worthy because it's worth his worship. He's worthy of my praise. So I'm bringing something that is of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself It's not what you have required You'll Within To the way things are been You're looking into my heart yeah. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about so when you come to the heart of worship the house of worship it's all about who? I've made some things that are not him we have made some things in our minds that we have come to worship which are little G's, little gods they are not him It's all about him. It's all about you, Jesus. Let's go back. Let's finish. Let's finish. We'll come back to this. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The word holiness means set apart and sanctified. So, he said, worship the Lord in the beauty of set, set apart. When you come to the house of God, forget about your bills. Forget about the shopping you have to do after church. Forget about your shopping list that you are making during worship time. The, the, this is a time set apart it is holy unto him so set apart that time this is not a time to be looking around this is not a time to look at the people who have come to church and those who haven't come to church, this is not a time to look at who is sitting next to you and checking them out, it is a time set apart for him tremble before him all the earth If the queen walks in here, we will tremble. If your chief executive walks in, you will tremble. And they are near men. Hallelujah. So for him who is the king of kings, for him who is our maker, he demands more respect than anybody else. Oh, I say he demands more respect than anybody else. Hallelujah. He demands more respect. More honor. So, David is telling us that these are the things that we have to do. Not still songs. Fresh worship. Proclaim what God has done. Our worship must declare the wonders of our God to the nations. Amen. Because that is what God is looking for. You know... This guy wrote a song, do He said that I am the worship, object of the worship. How, how does that song go? Mm-hmm. Receive, Receive this sacrifice of praise. I am your worship. I said This living sacrifice I am Your worship I'll bring more than a song Today I brought myself I am the sacrifice I'll bring more than a song Today I brought myself beseech you brethren, Romans chapter 12 verse 1, by the mercies of the living God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In the old days, when anybody went to worship, they brought a speckled Uh, They brought a, 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 a sheep without speckle or spots, without any blemish. And they came and put that sheep, that animal, on the altar and they burnt it as a form of worship to the Lord. Are you with me? But this time around, we are the worship. First Peter, let me show you a scripture there verse Peter 2, verse 3. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones, I have been built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice, sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes in him will by no means be put to shame. Hallelujah. So, this is that we are coming as living stones. We are living stones that are coming and as we come together, we form a house that he dwells in. Are you getting it? So, when your stone is not cut appropriately, the house is not complete. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is that as we come as different animals, we come to form one animal that is given to worship. I don't know whether you're getting it. You look at it this way. The Old Old Testament, they brought one person coming to worship brings one animal. Full animal. Four legs, one head, one tail or the whole shebang, and they come to put it on the altar, and it is bent. Do you understand what I'm saying? This time, you are coming, I am coming, I, am, I may be the leg of the, the animal, you may be the tail of the animal, that will be the nose of the animal, that will be the head of the animal, that will be the... So as we come together, we form one house, because we are living stones. We come together to form one house. And that one house is the house that God comes to inhabit in. So your behavior affects my worship. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your behavior affects my worship. The way you come affects what we are doing here. So, what I'm trying to say is that, listen, when you come to, when it comes to worship, you have to be very serious. That's not a time to be distracting others. Are you getting what I'm saying? A real anointed preacher and pastor, when it comes to worship and you start moving around, you see he you grow very angry at you because he understands that we form... All the stones come together to form a living a living house that God comes to dwell. So when you are distracting, it's like the animal that is being brought and it's not, it's not right. The, the offering is not right. So it cannot be acceptable. I don't know whether you, I'm making sense. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, because we come together. That is why uh, Paul wrote in the, in the book of Romans that, It is our reasonable service. It is just what is expected from us. It's the least expected from us. That we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy. That's set apart. Dedicated. And acceptable. Which means that there's some worship that is not acceptable. Ah, Am I making sense? That's why he was begging. The word beseech means, I'm begging you. (laughs) In the old language, beseech means, I beg you. (laughs) I beg you by the mercies of God. That when you are coming to the house of God, present yourself as a living. I plead with you. I beg you. When you are coming, come right come right. Don't come angry. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know even worship leaders that come angry. And you come to lead us. As they turn, they just quarrel with their drummer because it's not playing right. And they gave him a, a dirty look and then they continue. Receive, no, we are not going to receive anything. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't say amen. Okay. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. We must stop bringing meaningless worship to the house of God. Meaningless. Matthew 15, verse 8 and 9. He said, these people draw nigh to me with their mouth, to honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. You know, the the Pharisees had this, you know, the face, the look, righteous look, pious and sanctimonious look, but their heart, very far, their heart is full of deceit, their heart is full of anger, Their heart is full of unforgiveness. Their heart is full of malice. And they've come to present that as a worship. And when they come together, they don't realize that their behavior is causing the the worship not to be accepted. Hallelujah. So before we get into extravagant worship, let's qualify to worship. Let's get the basics right before we go to the type of worship that uh, David and co were giving. Hallelujah. What is the state of your heart? See, we always think about sin as the big ones, the ones we can see. But you see, when it comes to worship, it's the little things. That's why it says the spices you are taking Make sure that you take equal amount. Because as soon as you take one over the other, it spoils the formula. When you are cooking with recipe, they tell you three ounces of this, two teaspoons of that, one tablespoon of this, one, uh, what do you call it, ounce of that, you know, uh, three, uh, what do you call it, of this, four egg yolk, egg white, which now you have to take the yolk out, Separate it. If you want the food to taste, if you want the food to taste good, you want the cake to come out well. You cannot throw any amount of things in. You understand? Me, I don't like measuring things. I don't like measuring things. So, and, i I'm a baker's child. So, when I was growing up, baking cakes, meat pies, bread, it was, that's the job everybody does in the house. So, it's like we, you all know when you are mixing the dough, you know how much eggs to go in, how much yeast, yeast to put in, how much, it's, it's like, it's part of. But for me, anytime I was doing it, there was always, because I wouldn't measure. I take the yeast, I just throw it in. <laughs> so, it's like, uh, my mom's bread was known it was commercial bread that we sell so it was known for a certain taste but when I am the one mixing it, it doesn't taste (laughs) it it doesn't take my master's bread (laughs) it's different because I don't measure in the same way when I'm cooking now at home, I don't measure so I'm very generous. I just throw it in. It depends on my state and how happy I am. But for worship, he says that you have to measure, isn't it? Otherwise, the cake doesn't taste the same. Hello. Oh, don't laugh at me. I look. I'm trying to imagine the taste of my bread. <laughs> Don't try and imagine the taste of my bread. Hallelujah. Let's look at some of the worship we bring to God. The first type of worship we bring is ignorant worship. These are the bad types of worship we bring. Acts chapter 17 verse 22 and 23. No, yeah. Ignorant worship. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Eropagus and said, "Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through the through and considering the objects of your worship, I found, I even found an altar." With this inscription to the unknown god, therefore, the one whom you worship, without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Ignorant worship. How many are learning some things that you didn't know about worship? From the what we have been talk, talking about, which means that previously your worship had a lot of ignorance in there. We can be very sincere. And be sincerely wrong, because my people are destroyed for lack of what knowledge. Distraction comes because we don't take time to study. So 2 Timothy two fifteen says, "Study to show yourself approved." What makes you approved and acceptable is studying. You cannot be ignorant about what you are leading. You're a leader of worship, and you don't know anything about worship. That's leading us in ignorance. We are a church, and we don't know anything about worship. We'll be worship, worshiping God in ignorance. How many of us are changing the way we worship from today? As an usher, worship time is not a time to be going in and out and distracting everybody. Like my friend, push, push. You, you, stop. You, move here. No, no it's, it's a sacred time. I'd rather you did that when I'm preaching than when we are worshipping. Because the most important part of the service is when we come to worship. It's not when the preaching is going on. You understand what I'm saying? Because that is the time we are offering, most important time is not prayer. When we are offering God what is due him, what is worthy, what he's deserving of, it is telling us how big God is. And as we see how big God, it tells us how big God comes. Are you getting what I'm saying? So worship is the most important thing. But we worship God ignorantly because we haven't taken time to study about the type of worship that is acceptable to God. Amen. So my prayer is that by the time we finish Extravagant worship month, our worship will change. Individually, our worship must change. As a body, our worship must change. Because it's not just something we do as part of the service. It is the main service. The main thing is worship. Everything else is subsidiary. Because what God can do for himself is what we come to do for him. You remember I was talking about the the one who scratches the place you cannot scratch is a special person. Come come for me. You know, in between your shoulder blade at the bottom side, your hand doesn't reach there. Can you see it? That side that your hand doesn't reach. When that place is itching, you need a special person who is the only one allowed to come near to come and scratch that bit. And that type of person, you treat them special. That's right. Because nobody, I mean, you can't go and be scratching uh, Putin's. <laughs> you know, as we are speaking, Putin is having an itch there. And then they call uh, you to come and uh, go and scratch Putin. No. <laughs> no. It has to be a special person, close to the person, the king, to do that. And so that is what we come to do for God. When we come, we come to scratch the place that he itches, that he cannot reach himself. God can do everything, but he cannot praise himself. He cannot worship himself. That is why He's created you and I. He had Lucifer who was given that job, that role to do, to worship him, and to scratch his back. And then Lucifer got proud and envious and decided, wanted to take the place of the one whose back he was scratching. And he was thrown out. And that responsibility and duty has been given to you and I. Are you with me? And from that day that God gave us that responsibility, Lucifer has been making sure that we don't do it right. He's been trying all the time. Have you not realized that worship time is when you are distracted the most? Worship time is when your, your mind wanders the most. When it is praise, we will dance. But when it's worship, we just look around. It's a ploy by the enemy. To take us from the place. He makes us ignorant so that we don't know how to worship. Number two. So we have ignorant worship. Then we have the self-important or self-conceited worship. Colossians 2.20-23. 20 Therefore, if you died in Christ... From the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concerns things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom In self-imposed religion, false humility, neglect the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Hallelujah. Self-importance. Self-indulgence. Give me the message, Bible 23. Such things sound impressive. As if in deep enough voice, if, if said in the deep enough voice, they even give the illusions of being pious and humble. Have you not realized sometimes, you know, you have some, some worship leaders, some people come to lead worship, and they have this self-important, self-conceited, you know, f- how many know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, 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 and in doing that, they take. The place of God. Showing off. And then it's like we are all, instead of worshipping God, we are all worshipping the person. We are all looking at the person. Oh, this guy has a beautiful voice. Oh, this guy is very anointed. And they put a deep voice. Making yourself. Oh. Give us a rest. Humble and what? Aesthetic. But they are just another way of showing off. Making yourself look important. Listen, sometimes worship leaders get in the way of God. That's why me, I don't like people who believe that they can do worship a lot. I don't believe in them. Pastor Sam calls them TSA. Talented solo. I don't believe in them because they get in the way of God. Do you understand? Because they this is what they manifest self-importance and self aggrandizing. Uh, Do you understand? And they get in the way of God. Humility is not there. See, a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. What God wants is when you step out of the way and you allow him to take all the glory. Not you coming to show. There are some, sometimes I watch some, some worship leaders and I say to myself, if I was a pastor of this church, this person would never lead worship in this church ever again. And I watch on, you know, like you watch on YouTube or you watch on uh, Facebook, like different churches are having different services. Yeah, this guy is just trying to show his prowess as a leader. Uh, look at, it, look at somebody, look at somebody. You see that now everybody is looking at the person rather than the worship, and you just tell them. Put yeah, a Have you seen those those type of people? Right. Yeah. Uh, they tell a drama play. What is that? Self-important worshiper. Number three. False worshiper, you are you are trying to cry when there is no tears. Just raise your hands to the Lord. To the Lord. <laughs> and that has been created. <laughs> I love the Lord. <laughs> oh, oh. Romans 1.20 For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, their eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but but their thinking became futile and foolish, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they proclaimed to be wise, they became fools. Exchanging the glory of the immortal immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human, a human being and birds and animals and reptiles. When man leaves God, he would tend to false worship. Hallelujah. We make different images. We worship different images that are not God. For the sake of time, if you go home, just look at Isaiah 44, 12 to 17. You see what, what they cut, they cut different things and they make something. You put something, you, you put a false narrative to the worship. Let us never do that. Amen. Another form of false worship is when we have the wrong object of our worship. Sometimes you are coming to show off so that the guy will see you and propose to you. Hmm. Let me leave it there quietly. My time is up, isn't it? Sometimes too. Let's close with this. Sometimes we have the right object of worship in a wrong way. So we are coming to worship the right God in a wrong way. Number one, when we set profane fire, Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put in, in it, They put incense on it and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. They set strange fires. Amen. When we worship in a way that is not prescribed by God, it is not pleasing to him. Amen. Amen. Sometimes the next thing we do is sometimes we help God. (laughs) Do you know what what I mean by helping God? We help God to create an atmosphere that he has not created. How many know what I'm talking about? Uzzah tried to hold the ark that was falling. And he died. Because God doesn't need your help. When you are worshipping, don't create an atmosphere that God has not created. If it is God, let God come. If it is not God, move on. Am I making sense? Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? Second Samuel 6, 6, and 7. When they had come to the threshing floor, Nakon Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark because the oxen stumbled and the Lord's anger bent against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there besides the ark. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wrong attitude. Let's close with this: Hosea chapter four, chapter six, verse four to seven. Oh Ephraim, what shall I do to you? Oh Judah, what shall I do to you? For your faithfulness is like the morning cloud, and clouds that, and like the early dew, it goes away. Therefore, I have hewn them. Hosea chapter six, verse four. I'm on verse 5 now. Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. And your judgment are like light that goes forth. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice. The knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. But like men, they transgress the covenant. They, there they dealt treacherously with me. When we are not worshiping God in the right way, he he calls it as treacherous, treachery. Amen. So my prayer for all of us is that as from now, when we come, let us not present false worship. Let us not come to God. And it's not about the people. Worship is never about the people. It's not about who is watching. It's about God. Amen. So, have your focus on God. Not on the worship leaders, not on the musicians. They don't know half of the time, they don't know what they are doing. Amen. Whether they are singing right or not, whether they are playing right or not, that is not the focus. The focus should be God. You offer your sacrifice.